Welcome to What's Working in Washington. I'm Jonathan Aberman. Today, linking government-level problems with solutions an entrepreneur can come up with. We actually start with the technological problem first, right? We work with the department to identify what that problem is, and then we host a series of programs and events that then bring in those non-traditional partners and help them work on a problem. One of the largest opportunities our region has yet to truly address is how to get government and private tech product company innovators really working closely together. Uh, their efforts to address this challenge that are focusing in places like Silicon Valley, Boston, and Austin, now our region has its own potential conduit of this opportunity. It's a national opportunity, but we have our own representation here, and that's Kristen Hyduke. She is the National Capital Regional Director for MD5, an organization that builds networks of innovators to help find new solutions for national security problems. Well, we're going to spend some good time here in the studio today getting to know about MD5, what it's up to here in our region, and how it's different from other innovation outreach efforts that are underway. And you know, because we care about growing our region, we're going to talk about how regional entrepreneurs can engage with MD5 to grow their businesses. So Kristen, first of all, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me, John. Well, it's it's very important, and I've been very engaged and care a lot about national security innovation. So when I learned about MD5, it was very exciting to me. Tell our listeners what MD5 is and what it's about. Sure. MD5 is a part of the Office of the Secretary of Defense within the Department of Defense. We work under research and engineering, um, and our goal is really to connect our customers, who we consider to be the Department of Defense, to folks in the private sector uh, that they wouldn't normally interact with. So we connect them with people like entrepreneurs, startups, uh, universities and other kinds of laboratories that might have technical technological solutions the department hasn't seen yet. It's interesting to me, uh, having been involved in national security innovation and technology for a long time, how much the the script has flipped. You know, 30 or so years ago, maybe 40, a lot of the innovation really was occurring on the edge was occurring in the federal lab establishment, right. national security establishment. Now it's it's upside down, and so um, that's really why MD5 exists. That's right. I think we really try to acknowledge that where innovation is happening has changed. Mm. Um, you know, you used to need significant federal resources to find innovative technological solutions, right? Uh, you know, the Man on the Moon mission, the Manhattan Project, right? Large leaps of technology were really the owner of the federal government. But now, because of the digital age, we know that innovations are happening everywhere. And it's uh, in the department's interest to see if they can capitalize on that and bring that into the department in a way that can increase our national security. I've, I call it the democratization of innovation, you know, the, the cost of doing so. For example, seeing recently that Kalashnikov, uh, the, the gun manufacturer, is now going to make really cheap drones. It's, it's a scary time, but it's also a time we need a lot of nimbleness. Now, MD5 is relatively new. How is it different from other initiatives that maybe some are more familiar with, like uh, DIU, the, the effort was started during the Obama administration, and, and perhaps some others? I think we are all part of that same family. Okay. I think the department is realizing that uh, they need to have many uh, sources of innovation, not just one major office that is uh, throwing uh, innovation across the department. Um, so we work very closely with organizations like DIU, uh, some other organizations that uh, your listeners might be familiar with are AFWorks, SoftWorks, uh, those kinds of innovation hubs. We work with them uh, and collaboratively 
DIU is our sister organization within the Office of Research and Engineering, and we really focus on TRL 1 through 6. So we focus on early stage startups, and we try to help shepherd those startups and help them grow to a point where we could theoretically pass them off to an organization like DIU that could help them find contracting through OTAs, CSOs, BAAs, traditional contracting vehicles that the department has. I think that's a really significant point, and, and one that uh, I feel a number of years ago when the Pentagon really started to focus on this, it was a real marketing problem because DIU, it's called DIUX at the time, opened up. There was this expectation that it was going to be heavily involved in in startups, but the reality was is what they were looking for at that time was shovel-ready or products that were ready for deployment, and it caused a lot of disappointment in the uh, garage inventor space. That, that was my sense. So is MD5... In effect, the Pentagon, like any entrepreneur would do, pivoted and saying, wait a minute, we need to focus on this part of the ecosystem? Yeah, I think what you're seeing is that we're iterating, right? The department is learning how to be better at connecting uh, the department with the private sector. Uh, and so what we have done and what we've learned uh, as you know, everyone is kind of learning how to do this better is we actually start with the technological problem first, right? We work with the department to identify what that problem is. And then we host a series of programs and events that then bring in those non-traditional partners and help them work on a problem. So a really good example of that is uh, one of our more popular programs that we have is called Hacking for Defense. Um, and that is a program that we uh, partner with universities across the country. Uh, and we ask the department for specific challenge sets that they have. We give those to a university to share with what is typically a graduate level class. And those students are able to coalesce. They join teams around each of those problems. And then the university uh, takes those students through a lean startup methodology so that by the end of the semester, they'll have either a prototype, an MVP, or perhaps a more refined question that that military customer can then take and then find other technology or find other sources of innovation. In some cases, we've actually had students uh, that at the beginning of the semester just thought they were getting a really cool course, uh, then by the end actually decided to form an LLC around their idea. Um, and then a really good example of that that uh, people might know about is a company called Capella Space. Uh, there was a group of students that was part of the first Hacking for Defense program at Stanford University. Um, and Capella Space now uh, contracts with the Air Force, um, and SpaceX actually launched a series of mini satellites in January, and some of those satellites were actually Capella Space satellites. So there are some really um, great uh, success stories. Of course, the hacking for defense, the initial goodness is the students just get really interested in this space and innovation for the efforts um, that, uh, that help our department and help our country protect us. When you cut through it all, what motivates people often is, I want to create something cool, and if I can have a venue for doing that and I can get paid to do it, let me know how I can sign up. Do you find that in some ways, um, now that you're inside and, and, and working this problem on both sides, that the biggest challenge is helping people understand that you can talk about national security challenge without giving away the crown jewels and, and frame, the, frame the problem? That's a, that's a really big part of what we do. Even though we are a DOD organization, everything that we do is completely unclassified. Um, and that's because the technology solutions that we're looking for are technology solutions that are in the private sector. 
Um, we want as many people as possible uh, focusing on these challenges, and those people are everyday citizens. In some cases, when we hold programs at universities, they're international students. And that's okay because the technology itself is actually on class. Mm-hmm. When we're talking about the context, right, the missile context that you just gave, uh, you know, when we talk to our military customers, we just say that context doesn't need to be part of our discussion. We just need to know what your actual technological need is. So we've done a lot of work with the special forces community. We work with the intel community as well. Um, and we work with parts of the department that usually work in classified spaces. But their technological solutions that we are offering to them are things that are already known in the public sector. Yeah, it's just it's just basically talent discovery. That's right. Yeah, and I think it's it's a long time coming, and I'm really glad to see it. You know, speaking of glad to see it, I, I was very much on record, wrote extensively about this, shook my fist a lot. I was very unhappy when um, uh, the initiatives that the Pentagon engaged in uh, uh, Homeland Security and various – everybody ran to Silicon Valley. And I kept saying, why don't we open an office here where you have a bunch of, of people who are entrepreneurial and want to serve? Well, MD5's here. You're here. Why and, and how did, did how did that happen? I'm glad it happened, but how did, how did, why are you here? Sure. I think MD5 realized that there are technological solutions across the country, especially when we're talking about universities and what, what students have to offer. Um, you know, those are not uh, exclusive to the West Coast. So by, you know, developing a community in the NCR, uh, my region includes the DMV, but also West Virginia, uh, Pennsylvania, and Delaware, Um, there's a lot of great universities in this area, and there's a lot of great startup hubs in this area. And the good news is, for many of them, they focus on this region because they are interested in the value proposition of supporting the government and helping us defend our country. So what we're trying to do is essentially to capitalize on that and help uh, energize that community and give them inroads into the department. So you mentioned hackathons, but are you also looking at are going to have programs that provide rapid prototyping funds or R&D funds, you know, ways to actually get under contract or get money from DOD rapidly. So making Uncle Sam, in effect, an angel investor in some ways for local startups. Is that part of your mission, too? Yes. Uh, One of our portfolios is called the Acceleration Portfolio. And all of those programs under that portfolio are meant to get at that question of transition. How do you transition a startup, a a technology, into the department? While MD5 does not have its own funding to invest, um, one of our major principles of all of our programs is that we want folks from those investment communities to attend our events. Um, You know, when you're talking about inside the department, the organization or unit or component that has the need is often not the same component of the organization that actually has the ability to acquire that Mm -hmm. technology. So first of all, it's really important that we identify those people and make sure that they are participating in all of our programs. So that's a big focus on what we do. Um, The other is we have a lot of ties with the VC community. We understand that, uh, especially in early stages, these startups are going to be looking for angel investors and initial investments um, that the government doesn't really have uh, in large quantities. So we try to bring those folks into our programs as well. Let them see what the startups are doing. And then they understand that there's already a real need inside the government, which then lowers the risk for the VC community. They know that it's okay to invest in these startups, that there will be some uh, benefit to them as well. It's almost like uh, um 
having Inkytone on the intelligence side and invest in a company, it, it shows the uh, it shows the potential investor that the government has an interest in technology that's been validated in some way. That's right. And in our programs, on top of what InQtel, you know, on top of that investment function that InQtel is really excellent at, our transition, our acceleration portfolio is really meant to help follow those startups and shepherd them through the processes by which it takes to get an OTA or get some initial investment from the department, get uh, a SIBR phase one mm. or phase two on board. Almost sounds like a white glove. It sounds really, really cool. Well, Kristen Hyduk, thanks for coming in and spending some time with us today. Thank you so much, Tom. Thank you to our sponsor, the Greater Washington Board of Trade. The Greater Washington Board of Trade represents leading businesses, nonprofit organizations, and academic institutions, and has helped shape the development of our region for over 130 years. Visit boardoftrade.org to learn about how a Board of Trade membership can help your organization succeed in this rapidly changing marketplace. Our executive producer is Tracy Madigan, online writer Barbara Ulrich, music provided by two D.C. region bands, Two Car Living Room, and The Sunbathers. I'm Jonathan Aberman. Thanks for listening. See you next time.